0: I'll just say to anyone, speak, and um, there's bravery in that, even if you're vulnerable.
1: Looking after our mental health at work has never felt more important for all of us. So welcome to this very special season of the Adversity to Advantage podcast. I'm Petra bell and for this series, I'll be talking to expert CEOs, human resources, diversity, inclusion, and other leaders in their field on the very current and necessary topic of mental health within teams and in the workplace, whether that's in an office or in your home. Welcome everyone to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. Uh, I'm very excited today in our special season about workplace mental health to invite Tony uh, Neki to the podcast. Uh, he is an account director for a business called Oracle. He's also super passionate about diversity and inclusion and is also passionate about this mental health topic. So welcome to the show, Tony.
0: Oh, th- thank you very much for having me. Excited to, to, to share my, my, my story. So thank you, Petra.
1: I'm excited too. So before we dive in, uh, we got a couple of just questions that we ask everybody. Uh, so I'm going to dive in for you. What has been, if you can remember, I'm putting you on the spot, the okay. best piece of advice that you have gotten about your work or career?
0: Networking and putting yourself out there. Uh, basically, don't be afraid to put yourself out there and network. Um, expand your your knowledge, your contacts, and you see who's doing good in your field, you also learn what not to do as well. So that, that's, that has been um, the most important thing. With a network, you don't kind of feel on your own in your challenges. You've always got someone who's hopefully been through it and can guide you in, in a better manner. So yeah, networking and put yourself out there.
1: I love those, because I, I would 100% agree with that. It's, it's who you know and how you nurture those relationships, right? Because you never know down the line how that can affect you in some way. Um, Absolutely, yeah. And putting yourself out there is like feel the fear and do it anywhere kind of vibe, right? Oh, um, that, that's it.
0: That's the, out, that's the outside of the comfort zone bit, which I still, you know, have to have challenges with. But that, that definitely is the one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Keep putting yourself out there. OK, lovely. And then uh, second question, what have you most needed to unlearn to get to where you are in the workplace? Was there anything you had to unlearn, conditioning, ideas that actually held you back in some way?
0: Yeah, my my thoughts, beliefs that uh, I don't belong in a corporate environment. <laughs> so that yeah. that that's uh, that's on learning every day. That somehow, you know, yeah, just maybe don't speak the, the the corporate talk. Don't don't fit the the profile. Just breaking through those old mental barriers before I even get to an interview or in front of customers or in front of colleagues. It's it those barriers uh, that that's been put on me.
1: Um, well, I put on myself. <laughs> Well, probably a bit of both. Yes. They're, they're, they're in our culture and society and our upbringing and uh, whatever. And then yeah. we, we then, bec- it becomes ourselves, doesn't it? This idea uh-huh. of like, that's who we are or where we fit. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. Uh, I didn't go to school as a kid because my parents traveled all around and thought the school of life was much more important than actual education. That sounds cool. (laughs) (laughs) Well, It does to the outsider. And actually now I can be like that networking and putting yourself out there. I probably had a head start because we were always engaged with other people in some way. But the belief system of you're not smart enough to be here. Right, mm-hmm. like I, I remember, uh, I'd been going on stages and doing keynotes and all this stuff for a while. And then they asked me to come to a very prestigious university. Yeah. holy shit a university <laughs> they are the smartest people professors yeah. who are in that audience and i was thinking i was just going i don't deserve to be here like why mm-hmm. am i speaking to the the, the education sector like yes. what do i know even yeah. though i had a master's degree at this stage wow <laughs> so, so people were like what are you talking about like you've been doing this like i made up for it as an adult right yeah um, but it's funny that belief system can just be so heavy or intrinsic inside of us.
0: Ah, oh, it's the most powerful thing, good or bad. You know, if you believe in yourself in a positive way, then you excel. And equally, it's destructive if it's, if it's uh, unfortunately <laughs> negative for for the person. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, so um, I'm going to dive into all of this stuff. I'm so excited about this conversation. Um, so let's just dump, jump into the topic about mental health at work. So okay. this idea around you know, um, the, the depression is now the leading cause of disability worldwide. Uh, and there's a lot, especially in the corporate sector, this feeling that you've got to show no weakness, um, stress is you know stress is just normal, you should just deal with it, all this sort of thing. What do you see within the corporate sector when it comes to this topic of mental health?
0: Yeah, great question. Um, I think that, that there is a taboo still there. Um, I think there is a lot more work though being done positively, so a lot more focus around you know mental mental health day and mental health week um, where Employees are doing blogs and and uh, you know employees are speaking about uh, their own personal challenges, but I think in general It's still not often spoken about you know if it's stress and challenges, it is to do with the specific work. So if it's in sales, it's you know the stress around obviously hitting target, pressures from senior managers, um, pressures from customers. You know you want them to to meet your timescale to you know land the deal. So so you have those kind of challenges, which if you're not doing well, can be seen as stress. But then you have outside of your work bubble that can affect the, the employer. And I think that's not often spoken about in terms of how that can affect somebody working to the best of their abilities. So I still think that a lot more needs to be done um, around, you know, people feeling comfortable in a safe environment to talk, to talk about, you know, I'm struggling today actually, so I might not be as productive as I, as I need to be. I st- you know, I still think that generally can't be said in the workplace. Um, and certainly, you know, other team members may not understand and be like, oh, why has this person got days off or why they were sick? So I, th- I think it's still quite secretive, you know, a one-to-one discussion with the manager. is fantastic if you've got that support, but outside of that, to the wider team, it's still kind of unknown. You know, that's maybe a, a colleague who's going through some challenges outside of work that's affecting their productivity.
1: But isn't it interesting how you could go easily if you had, you know, I've got diabetes or I've got, I broke my leg in a skiing accident or, you know, I've got a physical health condition or my mom's got um, cancer or, you know, some of these are still, it's easier for somebody to go, oh God, of course, like you've got to recover your physical health and before you come back, like, why do you think there's such a difference between the, the mental health aspect, like, hey, I've got depression or I've got seasonal affective disorder and I just can't get out of bed this morning. You know, wh- why do you think it's so different?
0: I think because it's um, very pers- personable to the individual. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's, and, and then it's like, how how do you box that? You know, for, so for example, uh, I'm into sports. So I watch a lot of Sky Sports News, uh, probably too much and very religiously because it's always, it's repetitive. If you watch Sky Sports News, it's the same news you hear at 10 o'clock that you hear at 1 one p.m. or what have you. But what you'll find there is there's a lot of, you know, footballers have been recently speaking about um, the mental health that they've had in terms of, you know, always trying to win and then you know, not making a team, et cetera. And even though that's, you know, that's a unique challenge for that sports person or that footballer or that athlete, it's it's still quantifiable in the box. Oh, yeah, sports. Okay, you're right, okay. Oh, so they, they didn't win, so they weren't good enough. And, and I think even then people are sort of, trying to understand that but I think where it's very vast where it could be like um you know having an argument with with a partner which then leads to triggers where somebody thinks okay well if they're not being a good partner or a good husband or 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 or, or a good good wife then they're failing at that then therefore it has a knock-on effect on maybe their children or their relationships their friendships how how do you bring that into a discussion and how do people understand that because I think you, you get the the general um uh message back in terms of, you know, everyone, everyone, everyone's down in life, just just kind of deal with it and, and move on. Whereas if it's a, something to do with sports, it's, okay, well, I haven't been that sport athlete, so yeah, I can understand. And I, I just think people find it easier to understand that than a very personable challenge and issue that might be relating to the past that still affects them today.
1: And that takes a lot of self-awareness anyway yeah. for a person to understand those layers of triggers and behavior, whereas yeah. many times if people don't have that awareness, they might not even know what's going on themselves to effective, And then there's a the layer of not being able to ask for help for it, you yes. know? Um, so, so there's that self-awareness piece, which I know we're going to go into a little bit when we get into to your story. But I'm curious, like, in the corporate sector, if someone's physically unwell, so just that yeah. comparison again, how long, like, what's the cutoff point, do you think, for, for people's empathy? You know, like, mm. if, if I'm off for two days, all right, fair enough. If I'm off for a week, oh, you're starting to let the team down. If I'm off for two weeks or three weeks or something more long-term— maybe there's more kind of whispering behind closed doors or a bit like, oh God, they're not tough enough. They can't hack it, especially in sales. Like yeah. I see of all the industries, cause we work like across loads of industries, sales team, like I'll be in an organization where they've got the well-being piece and whatever, and the sales guys are not allowed to go to it. They, yeah. They're not allowed to go. <laughs> wow. So, wow. so it's like the culture within the culture, yeah. right? Where they're, they're, they're like, you got to hustle. Like you chose to be in sales. So yeah. you've got more than anyone have got to hustle. Anyway, I threw out 10 things there for you. But one is what's our time limit on empathy when it comes to physical health even? And the other one is like, do you see nuances in the sales team, I guess, where it's even more, you know, tapping up, show no weakness?
0: Yeah, it, that's, it's, it's interesting. I, I think uh, it all depends on the environment, uh, that, so the, the company, the culture and uh, the manager. So, you know, across my sort of uh, professional career, yeah, I've been involved where you know you're over here. You know, someone's been off for two, three days, and then and then there's whispering. If it tends to be longer, um, if if I've uh, witnessed that, then I, particularly if the team don't know, because again, as I said, there's a lot of and rightly so one-to-one conversations. So then the manager will, will um, you know, discretion will. That's a conversation between the person and that employee that's off. So if the, if the remainder of the team are unaware and it's now two weeks, three weeks then clearly there's gonna be you know more murmurings. What what I find or I found disappointing in the past, and, and this is this is not me saying it's it's in my current world, just, just you know throughout my career, is when it's negative um, murmurings, which which is disappointing because obviously we don't know what anybody's going through. Um, but it just um, let's it's a reminder that when we're challenged, um, I think negativity seems to rear its ugly head. You know, in in terms of, oh, we all like days off? But we don't. Why you know? Why have I got to work when I'm feeling sick? Or, or and, and they'll, they, they may relate that to you know a cold or a flu or what have you or something more severe. But they're coming, and another colleague is off for two three days. They're not really sure why. It then sends the message that maybe that colleague is a little bit weak. Particularly if they do on what would be seen as a regular occurrence. So I've I've witnessed those types of conversations and I've been guilty myself of thinking, Oh, why is this person off? So, um, yeah, I I think that culture in itself is still negative and toxic and makes the person who is struggling Mm. probably aware of the memories, even more guilty that they're feeling this way and and guilty that, you know, they they can't, as you said, toughen up and just, just, and just come in and do the job.
1: Yeah. It just makes it um, more difficult and really, what I've seen that can help, if, if if the culture does have psychological safety, is having more transparency about what's going on. Yeah. So the really forward-thinking organization, someone can say, "Hey, I was off for three days because I had a really severe depression episode. Thanks, guys, for covering for me." And those people also don't are, aren't scared of going, "Hey, is everything all right?" In a similar way as when somebody comes back from a physical illness, people will be like, "Hey, what was the hospital like? Is everything? Are you back to normal? Do you need help?" Right. So just yeah. having that, that transparency in some way. Um, any, any ideas on what makes a good leader? So, so you talked about that person having the conversations with the individual or maybe supporting the team when it comes to, to the, the kind of, I, I say mental health like really broadly, as yeah. a, kind of the health of our mind, or, or like you said, our ability to function. What if we've had that relationship uh, argument, or our kid is struggling at school, or a whole host, our parents sick, or a whole host of normal stresses of life. Um, what do you think a leader can bring to the table? What's their responsibility?
0: Empathy is a, is a big one um, because that, that's, that's your, you know, the first person that you're confined in generally um certainly for me in the past that's what that's what it has been um and it's scary right because you're you're not calling up saying you have a, you have a sore throat or you know bereavement or anything like that which are all serious in their own light you're you're talking about some mental issues that you're struggling with It's it's not allowing you to focus and then you now you're going to speak to um a manager who's already got expectations for you to deliver um and I know for me, when I had that conversation, I was already thinking that I'm not delivering. I was already in a negative place and very paranoid about how I was being perceived, which, is, which actually uh, was part of the illness. Um, so you're scared of being judged. You're, you're, you're automatically thinking, oh, is this going to hinder my progress? Um, or, mm. you know, so when the manager was able to show empathy, understanding, and even you know, to their credit, Give their own examples of what they've been through to, to show that they sort of understand um, that helped, that that took a lot of pressure, a lot of that paranoia sort of went away. Um, and then it was, it, then it felt a, a little bit like a, a mutual agreement, right? They weren't going to tell the team you know, why I was off, it was it was uh, an agreement, but equally, you know, they were there to support if I wanted to tell the team um, as, as such, but uh, I didn't choose that, that route, but that felt that, okay, this manager has my back and has my support. Um, and I'd been worried less about, you know, my role within the organization moving forward. So that, that so helps, empathy w- is a good point.
1: So empathy, but also what I'm hearing is autonomy and choice.
0: So yes. saying,
1: hey, I can tell the team something, and support yeah. you in that more open route or, um, you know, I'll respect your privacy. And, and, and it's, again, it's that transparency, but giving you the, the person who might be struggling the choice about what the next steps are.
0: Yes, yeah, so that, and that's exactly what it, yeah, it really felt like that, that, were, you know, if I want to do that, they'll support me. Um, so it felt like a conversation I said, Okay. So this is what we'll do. You know, you, you take five days off and come back, and everything's okay. We felt more as a, a two way conversation. Laborative,
1: a bit of both. That, yeah. That's
0: important. That's
1: important. So, so now everyone's super curious. They're like, we're getting some hints now that Tony's been in the situation <laughs> yeah. where yeah. his own mental health struggled, uh, it, it took a struggle, took a hit in some way. So I'd love to just go, dive into that middle bit of our conversation, which is why is this mental health topic important to you? Tell us a little bit about your story.
0: Yeah. Um so in respect to work, I, I, I have been uh, uh, signed off before, um, had struggles where I just wasn't functioning at all. So um had challenges at home, um with, with relationship with my with my wife, um, but deeper than that it was just um issues that were coming to a head. Um so it, it was a case of wasn't being productive I was at work but wasn't really there um wasn't involved in what I was getting I was present in team meetings and team conversations and the, you know the office banter but wasn't really there um and I started to to feel it and know it myself and as I said the paranoia then started to to really rear this ugly head because I started to think uh can people really see through me can they see through this facade that I'm giving off that everything's a Kay and smiley Tony um, and, and it, it really made me withdraw a lot so I started to be late for work late for team meetings didn't want to go to uh, team conferences where then you had to um, network you know with, with other colleagues and talk about how work's going did not want to do that dreaded it um, so I had to really tell my manager look this this is what's going on before they start to suspect, what well, you know why is Tony late continuously late and and uh, challenges like that so um, that was hard uh, I felt embarrassed to be honest, that I'd, I'd let it all um, the spill into the work, um, and yeah, I, at that point, I thought that that's it. They'll say, "Okay, that makes sense. We'll we'll let you go." <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> so, um, and which was not the case, but it it, it just the, the speaking out. And and don't get me wrong, we, you know, there, there there were a lot of um, uh, you know, employee assistant programs where you can call and and, and speak to somebody. Um, more did, did you ever
1: enough. utilize those?
0: I did. Um, there's only so much um, you, you can deal with that, I think. And, and again, it's down to trust, because even though it is private, I just, my paranoia was really strong and I sort of felt like this would go back my manager that i know full well it doesn't but i just wasn't maybe in that right headspace to to really utilize it um but they go through like a protocol where they ask a series of questions on a scale of one to four you know where, where do you see yourself and then one to five etc cetera, etc cetera. and i was i scored quite high so they said okay well at that point you need, you need to actually go and seek some medical advice and um and so on and so forth which i which i then did so I went through the counseling sessions and and um you know prescribed um some uh, antidepressants, etc. Et as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm curious about that word embarrassed that you used where, yeah. where you you know the, and I really relate to the energy that it takes to look happy Tony. You know, yeah, for yeah, me yeah. it was happy Petra. Like what sometimes the, the times when I was actually the worst crumbling behind the scenes, I was like, makeup on put on my best clothes and look like I'm completely present. Like I'd work harder on the outside so that people wouldn't see the inside. What yeah. were you, you? Yeah, you get you're, we're on the same yeah. page there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is why often people can't tell that people are struggling. Absolutely. So they're all yeah. like, look for the signs and symptoms over time. You started being late and that, you know, but I imagine there was like a good like months even of, of lead up to that. Um, what was the embarrassed? Just tell me a little bit more about that.
0: For me, I'm, I'm very, um have a lot of pride. So t- 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 to even say I'm struggling, that, it, it didn't compete with me. Like I was, the, <laughs> the words were coming out of my mouth, but I, I I was in denial as I was saying it. So that was embarrassing to even say I need help. Like I, sh- I struggle to ask colleagues uh, for help now in, to do my role, yeah. not, not, you know, like, oh t- t- yeah. Where can I find, uh, you know, the the quotes for, for this product and we're going to find more information. I like to try and source it myself. And if, if I really can't find it and I've exhausted every avenue that i know, then I'll ask. So then to then say to, to you know, my manager and to share with colleagues, no, nah, I'm, I'm. I'm <laughs> it's I'm,
1: just not I'm, part <laughs> of that culture, that, that conditioning, I think, when we yeah, were at, yeah. at the beginning, it's like, you're a, you're a man as well. And I think there's an extra pressure on men to, to just kind of be the fix it guy and like no stuff. Um yeah,
0: absolutely. And and, and it's yeah, and, and it's the image I'd I'd create for myself, you know, like um I like the idea of people liking me, I like the idea of um being uh seen as positive or being seen as remotely smart. And so to say that oh, okay, I'm struggling is one thing because there's, there's different things that cause a struggle, but then to say, well actually there's issues at home and I'm and and my depression is a cause of that, there's issues from my past as in when I was a teenager when it you could argue really began which I still haven't resolved which is wearing this ugly head into me being a father to me being a husband to me uh, being good friends with with my friends so it's, it's destroying my relationships and and then to admit that into the workplace was like what are you doing you know that that's that was that was the whole uh, uh, shame and then it was a catalyst with just you know uh, things changing in the workplace. So whether there's uh roles moving to different departments and fear about okay, um is this is this redundancy, is this sacking. So all, all of all of these things were just happening which were, in my opinion, at the time beyond my control. It it just yeah, it was that will have a, a breakdown, you know, so I needed to then speak. And even that was I said that so that was the whole embarrassing um process was admitting to because before admitting it to work. I had to admit it at home. I had to have conversations Ooh. with my children, my ah. wife, my friends. <laughs> exactly. So I, had to do, I had to do all of that, so it was a whole narrative of your failing. It's basically what, I, it's basically how I just processed it. You're you admit it,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. That admitting it was, I, but didn't feel like strength uh, at all. It was failure. It was admitting that you're a failure, and now now people are going to help you to not be a failure, which that in itself, as I said, felt embarrassing. So that was the whole process in my yeah, head.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and, and how long, do you remember like how long the lead up was to you? actually? I mean, I, you kind of said since you were a teenager, probably a whole lifetime of lead uh, up. But when things were like, you, you mentioned depression, like when things were, were really not quite right and were affecting you, you know, in the build up to having to say this.
0: Uh, I'd say maybe two to three month period. Uh, and, and you know and those two to three months was just fighting it denial fighting it making it work and nah no, nah, no, nah. you know every day was i've got this you know th- today's the day where like that i'm gonna it's gonna change and yeah you know and hoping yeah absolutely and and doing it my way which you know which would my way was just what i've always done so it might be the uh, you know the the, 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 the sick day or not being productive but nobody knows because you've 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 worked out a system where you can show that you're working but on your own you're you're going through turmoil so
1: that was all,
0: yeah that was all two month three month period and then it was just like nah that just yeah. but basically just had to do it um
1: this yeah. is just a really powerful highlight to leaders or managers that might be listening um, of what's going, maybe going on behind the scenes that is affecting productivity. If you don't create psychological safety, where it's safe to maybe yeah. talk about some of these these things beforehand, so I'm curious, just. On the home front and the personal front, whatever bits you're, you're obviously comfortable telling us about. Um, you, you mentioned depression. Like, what mm-hmm. else was. was ha, have you battled depression for much of your life, or was it yeah, like.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I'd, I'd, I'd say so. Um,
1: without maybe realizing that that's what it was, but.
0: Yeah, that, that, that would be it. I mean, I'm, you know, um, I left home quite young. Um, I left home 16, 17. Uh, and that was just fundamental um, disagreements with, with my dad. Um, I say, and I say it like that, not to, not to blame him And I say daddy, because uh, my mom left home prior, uh, from, from when I was really, I say young, about 10-ish. Um, and she had challenges with mental health, which, which are vivid, but not, no, more than vivid, there's strong images in my mind, um, the challenges she went through. Um, you know she had severe mental health issues uh, where she had to be you know sectioned and I remember that vividly and then I remember having a lot of anger I remember blaming my dad for that etc and then when she finally got better but left I blamed again blamed my dad for that um, we never our relationship never really recovered from that um, I grew up having a chip on my shoulder and Just wanting to prove him wrong, so you know, if he said I was hanging out with the wrong friends, I'd hang around with them more. <laughs> if he thought I was doing well in school, I'd rebel. Um, so it was just it was just um, anything that I thought I could do to somehow uh show my disapproval to him, but it was hard on me, really. <laughs> so, um, that was the challenge. So, so, I left home to try and figure life out for myself because I thought I don't need him. Um, and that that was that was really probably the beginning then of, of this. You could argue the. The walls were already in motion, but in terms of um, a small sense of awareness, it would be when I was now living on my own because I had a I had a lot of time to think, I had a lot of reflection, a lot of flashbacks, and they were all negative um, images, negative memories of stuff that I've done, which I think embarrassed myself, which made me feel worse, made me feel like I wasn't lovable. Um, tried to toughen up, change my persona, all of those things, and and that that's as I said, I'm forty-one now, so. 17 years i'd say so probably so, so from 17 started to really realize so you could say for 24 years on and off working on a system which covers my cracks and my layers
1: mm.
0: um without really maybe dealing with it all um it's and then surviving.
1: obviously
0: yeah but that's that is probably it surviving yeah and and when you when you are achieving you then it, there's a sense that um I, well you're okay you've you, yeah you've done it you know and and, and stuff so that's kind you get of
1: to ignore it for longer the yeah, pain yeah. maybe and the hurt and the shame you use the word shame yeah, yeah about you know your part in things and you just get to avoid in order to survive so so many of us do it right yeah. um and did you so you're talking about pretty striking things your, your mom's getting sectioned she then mm. leaves really really early on and of course the the, the sort of Uh, feelings that are left between the relationship with you and your dad but was that were were there like did you know at the time that it was a mental health thing or that your mom was um that like did you understand the context around mental illness because of your mom or was it all like a a bit stigmatized of like oh she's crazy or she's this or we don't don't understand what's going on
0: um I didn't understand. I was I was aware, but didn't understand. And what's what's interesting is my my um you know, my, my dad is a, a psychiatrist by trade and and hyp, hypnotherapist etc. So I, I didn't really appreciate what he does. I'll be, I'll be honest. Uh, and he, he writes a lot of books and, and studies the field. So I I wouldn't really understand what he was doing. Um, That's kind I'm, of
1: fascinating, though. I think everyone's thinking right now. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, fascinating. <laughs> well,
0: that, that 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 to me um, compelled my embarrassment, to be honest, because I was like, my dad is a psychiatrist and helps people uh, with and, this
1: sort of thing. Yeah,
0: and then there's me struggling. So that, <laughs> so, so that that was shame before even um, admitting it's to anybody else. Like I can't, I can't I can't tell my dad this, you know. Yeah. So, so that that so that that compelled it even worse, to be fair. But um, yeah. But in terms of my mum. No, not the first time because she, she, you know, she would say things like, you know, she's, she's seeing people and just, just stuff that she didn't understand, um, but knew something wasn't right because you just get a sense that your mom's not smiling, she's not happy. Um, it's
1: a bit scary as a kid, though, when, oh, when you was, have was, that uncertainty and your parents are meant to be your rock and like know the answers. And now they're yeah. like, you know, um, a bit fractured
0: yeah one hundred percent that 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 i mean that that is probably my biggest fear to this day is is, is you know uh, losing my mind because at that point my mum didn 't know who like, who she was really um, but she 's living which is you know so you see you see a woman walking around and what have you, but she 's not there you know and and, and uh, to know that that can happen to somebody who hasn 't done any harm to nobody. As far as I'm concerned, she's, she's, you know, she, she's God to me in a female form and then she's just broken. And then, as you said, your parents are your rocks. And then that marriage is broken. It was like, whoa. So I felt alone from then and then decided I don't trust nobody really. And that, that's, that's probably been the biggest thing. So my distrust came from there. I started to have, you know, thinking things that I, just thinking things differently and seeing things differently and then believing in myself. I didn't want to share my thoughts and ideas with nobody. So it's all in my head and I have to sort out myself. Um, but my fear is, you know, to, to, to be old and lose my mind and not know who I am that I just, and that definitely came from seeing my mum, um, just change yeah. and break down. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. And also I'm, uh, I'm being reminded of our first uh, sort of question around, um, uh, you know, what are the things that you've learned and what did you have to unlearn? That barrier of, you know, I don't belong in a corporate environment, but I'm, I'm curious where you do feel you belong with that kind of history.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. I, I, um, mm, that's a great question. Even, even now, I'll probably say to you, I, 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 I'd say I don't know, but then I'll say what what's interesting is um, for me, when I was. I'm going to say maybe 11, 12.
1: Yeah.
0: That's probably the age it feels to me. But I remember saying to myself, because I used to talk to myself a lot when I was younger in the space. I grew up with my sister, but we didn't talk about these things. Um, she she sort of decided um, this is not happening and shut it down and didn't speak Survived about it. Survived in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I was more, what are you guys doing? And, you know, whatever. But I remember saying to myself, um, when I'm older, <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna get married, um, have children, and my marriage will last forever, right? And I know why I said that because I saw my mom and dad break up, and I said, like, "I'm gonna make sure that I'm, I'm gonna do it right." You know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it right. I'm gonna uh, uh, undo this mistake that's happened, but in my life. Mm-hmm. So again, <laughs> fast forward to to the, the present time, or well, obviously the past, as we're speaking about it, and my marriage is. You know, arguments and 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 um, losing my cool, and my kids looking at me differently. My two, you know, my, my sons, and and seeing the shock in their face and the disappointment, it brought it all back. And it's like I I again compelled the idea of I'm a failure. Like, hang on a minute, I'm.
1: I promised myself. Yes,
0: I and said I'm, I was
1: going to do it different, and then we're in the cycle.
0: Correct. And 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 to me, that it just came from nowhere. You know, because to find out when you're young that your parents have been separated for eons, but living together to, to, in the same house to raise you and your sister, you, know, you find that when they're um, you know, going over custody and stuff like that, and you feel, okay. And then, as I said, make the promise, make the vows, and then...
1: Repeat the mistakes. Basically, you know, and not yeah. know
0: I'm repeating the mistake, and then it just hits home because it comes out through the, through, through the voice of your wife, the voice of your children.
1: Yeah, that's the scariest thing isn't it? The the repeat, (laughs) also like just cycles of abuse. And I'm not saying anything about uh, abuse is a strong word. I'm I'm relating it to to my experience being raised in a cult and real control and black and white thinking. And this is the way it is sort of thing. And I'm like, I'm going to be liberal. My kids are going to have the beauty of choice, critical thinking, education, all the things. Like we want to veer to the opposite, right? Of what the flaws of our parents. And, And then I became alcohol addicted, angry, um, judgy, black and white, you're a reflection of me, kids, you know, so you better, you better help keep up the mask, right? So that we are perceived as okay. And they don't give a shit. They're like, what? I'm trying to be myself. Right. Um, And, and it's so confronting because it's suddenly like a mirror to like your own, like, at what point do we take responsibility for ourselves Mm. and stop sort of using the cause of our past or our parents or whatever and have to start the journey of, of self-development, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So you've had a couple wake-up calls. Your parent, uh, the, your, your wife, you, you, the, the, it's very striking. Your, your sons, their, the look in their eye changes, the disappointment, and you're like, oh, right? Um, you, you now said you had this choice at work to break down completely and spiral out yourself in a way, or to ask for help and say something. So you've had what we call those rock bottom moments of of like, holy shit, I've got to do something. What are some of the things that you've put in place? Um, Because it's, uh, people notice you're being super open on a public platform. Like what's the journey that's gotten you now to this point where you're open about the story?
0: Talking, (laughs) basically, um, just... um the desire to want to change yeah. has to be stronger than the fear, uh, because the fear is always going to be there. Yeah. Basically, like that, that, and that, that's, that's um, uh, for me anyway, it was a hard reality, because I, again, thoughts beliefs, but kind of figured, you know, once you uh change or you're doing right or you, or your confidence somehow that doesn't mean that you're <laughs> faithful like it, it just so again when thinking no, no 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 can't have that can't have any any outs of negativity And it's, it's actually just like no it's going to happen you're going to have uh down days but just just speak out so so the more you speak on things or again hopefully and i appreciate same for everybody but the more you speak out others may share their stories and it's similar uh, or understanding or certainly makes you feel better so you don't feel like you are absolutely like on your own like you are the only person who's witnessed something bad in
1: yeah
0: once you realize that it, it doesn't ease the pain per se but certainly take away oh okay i'm not crazy how do i deal with this emotion then you know how, how do i how, how do i deal with it so it helps it helps it certainly helps me talk there's less embarrassment when i talk about my past because of speaking because um Again, the first thing I not want to do is, oh gosh, what, are people going to think about my, my upbringing, and are people going to you know slander my, my parents or am I going to embarrass my family? Do they want to hear me? All of these things. Uh, and then there's even, you know, if you speak to my sister, she'll recollect things differently,
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know, and stuff like that. So it's like, oh, how much of it is fantasy? All, all, all of these nonsensical thoughts in my head. So it's like the more I speak out and other people speak, there's, there's a, a sense of... Um, I don't know if I'm using the right word, but like normality to it to an extent. Yeah. Um, so it allows me to be more relaxed about speaking. Um, I'm going to speak in my truth um, based on my perception, which which I appreciate. It. That's that's the, the key perception to it all. So your that helps.
1: It's your personal um, story and narrative yeah, yeah.
0: that you yeah, made sense yeah. of. Yeah. So, but definitely talking because talking, you just don't know where it leads. Like I'm, I'm talking you talking to you today, and, and you know, and that's that's through. Um, you know a colleague of yours hearing some of the work i've done within my within my within my within my current role now so and, and that's also sort of through speaking speaking on whether that's diversity or on change so talking opens up doors and, and helps shut some doors as well um so i just say to anyone speak and um there's bravery in that
1: for, even if you're vulnerable that, ooh, got chills when you said that. Because at the beginning, you were like, failure, failure, failure. I didn't feel strong, you know? And sometimes yeah. the bravest things, we don't feel brave when we're doing yeah. it. We feel yes. like we're desperate and we're crumbling and all this sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but, but that was just a powerful um, statement around bravery and talking. And you said you, you did some counseling. You've, I, I know that your, your personal development hat is securely on, you know, yeah. just like um, practicing a uh, sort of reading and, and I guess uh, practicing these things in your relationships as well. Like how do we get vulnerable there? I mean, I'm in a relationship for the last 18 months and my God, they can be, uh, they bring up everything, right? Yeah. So it's the place to like see everything but also have a witness to it. So we have this opportunity to heal in a way um, yeah. through the tough, I don't know, what's what, what have you learned there?
0: we are still healing
1: that's what
0: that's what it's
1: a lifelong journey
0: oh yeah 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 it, it, because um, the, the, the the truth comes out in many ways
1: um, yeah, i
0: know right <laughs> <God>. <laughs> you know where i'm going with that. it doesn't it
1: doesn't, it doesn't it come
0: out yeah, it does not come out the way you want to hear it like in lights. No, <laughs>
1: like, nah, no, no. Nah, 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 nah. Like a, a Buddha Instagrammable saying. Yeah. Like, no. Nah. Yeah, it certainly, it, 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 it doesn't. Um, and, and Confronting.
0: Yeah, it, and, you know, it, it, it does tell me where I am though because um, if I react to it negatively, then, I, then I've, I'm in a negative place already because I feel like when I'm at my best self and I'm... Well, if, when I'm not my best self, it's not even critique. If someone says something um, good or bad about me, in, that I take it for what it is. If they're trying to help me, I, I see where they're coming from. If I don't think has any value, I hopefully don't try to be arrogant enough to be like, "Ah, oh, what are you talking about?" Like, okay, mm-hmm. cool. I would, I'm already aware of that myself, so I'm addressing that. So, so, but thank you for something you noticed maybe a month ago, but it's the first time you have caught up or whatever. But if I'm in um, Negative place with or that, or like a, I say, like a cycle, I call it a gray clouds. So, my gray clouds are starting to form again, and I haven't noticed it. Then, that's a reminder because when I'm then uh, told the truth, I now see its critique straight away, like whoosh, default right there. How could you say this about me? Da, 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 da. Defensive. You, I get mm. defensive, absolutely, um, mm. which is a sign that there's something brilliant that I, I haven't. That
1: yeah, yeah, um, yeah, that there might be some truth in it. If yeah, there's, a, there's an, yeah. a reaction.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. and but uh, unfortunately for me, it's, it's um, I will come to that, ref- that that reflect reflective state after the fact. So uh, unfortunately, once I'm in that, I had to go through the storm, and then uh, oh, right, can calm, calm down. So that's why I mean, it's 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 it's, it's um, yes, yeah, it's, it's always learning. So I, I, I so I give you an example. So d- during lockdown, mm. it's good to feel like I'm digressing, but I, I um go
1: for it stop smoking um good oh wow respect well yeah but
0: for five months uh so really in a place of i just decided to do it it's something um i wanted to do for a long time because smoking has been my my um Your nemesis yeah 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 you know it's, it's where i it's it's where i get to speak to the unseen in my in my mind so i'll go for for a cigarette and I'll talk about my issues, my, my challenges, my stresses, reflect, but to mm. nobody really, and talking to myself or whoever might hear it, and then come back, feel like I'm, mm.
1: you know,
0: fine It like gives
1: you that break in a way to then yeah. bring your cortisol down, reflect, circle yeah, back it. in, yeah. That's it. that's it,
0: So placebo effect with nicotine, and uh, but you know, uh, I thought, nah, uh, I do want to stop this because at the same time, I pride myself to try to be healthy, want to eat healthy, exercise, train, sporty blah 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 so I thought that's a contradiction and I went you know so I thought, let me stop but you know equally it, by doing that it made me more aware of my triggers because mm. when I got triggered I'm smoking uh, if it, if it, even if it's at work I'll have a five ten minute break and in the mind it be fifty minute break if there's a home I'll be outside etc and you know spray so that, so that my younger daughter doesn't smell it because she doesn't know I smoke the boys have kind of mm. grown up on me hiding smoking but they, they smell it they know um but as i said dealing with the triggers and some days it was a lot easier like oh, okay that. wow yeah. this trigger i would literally visualize myself wow this would have caused me to smoke and then because i'm aware of it, like okay i'm not going to smoke and, I, and lasted well but unfortunately the last you know couple of weeks got stressed um uh broke away from my own routine which which is interesting because I now know the importance of routine because when routine is easy, I didn't see it as a routine and and kind of just took it for granted, slipped away from that, slipped, 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 slipped. Which many people can relate to at the moment. And then then went back to to smoking uh, cigarettes and, you know, um, not beating myself up about it too much, but just the way you slipped. Because for me... Like, the best analogy I heard, and it was, this was on a, a TV programme, I, I can't remember, I think it was EastEnders, of, of all programmes, uh, Phil Mitchell, uh, the character Phil Mitchell, uh, being an alcoholic, and I remember him saying, well, I think it was him, he said, um, he stopped drinking, and so I said, do well, I have, have a drink? He goes, no, um, I'm an alcoholic for life, so I know that if I have one, I'm hmm. a... I'm a, that's, it. A, that's it, so basically, I'm not drinking because... I um I can't really say that I'm not drinking because I don't want to, but I just know that I wanted to stop. I thought, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and that's almost yeah. with me with the cigarettes. I now know that to be honest, like the triggers, the fears, the the raw emotions, the the anxieties, the pain did not go away over those five months. In some in some parts, they spiked um, mm. because the clocks wasn't there and I urge. Was, was heightened and I sort of managed it, but it was a struggle with other things going on. So realizing you really have to stick to a routine and, and um, trust yourself. And I, I swayed away from that, as I said, that, that's the learning.
1: Yeah, yeah, no super um, good points here just around uh, talking, um, yeah. routines, but also this, this awareness or observing your trigger points and how they affect you and where they connect from your past. And it sounds like you've learned some of those skills your counseling but also the process of talking and hearing other people's stories and realizing that we all have a story and if we connect the dots it affects who we are in relationship as a parent as an employee that side of things so i just want to circle back to the workplace and think about um, what were, the, what were the, the best things and maybe the worst things that, that teammates or, or managers did for you when you were going through this stuff without naming names? Um, so you said that the collaboration piece was probably a good thing. What yeah. were some of the, maybe the good and the, the less good things that, that um, uh, people did to support or not support you when you were going through these things at work? Good question. Um... The good, the good is easy to remember. So I, I, had, I had more good than
0: than than bad. I don't think the bad was uh, intentional. Um, so, so I'm fortunate in that way. But and I had support in terms of people reaching out, um, you know, when to talk, see how I'm doing, particularly when I came back. So because there's a you know confined in, in a few colleagues. So when I came back, um, I guess there was you know more like. Um, if I felt like seen a long lost brother, you know, that you'd argued with, there was more sort of, not not that the, the hugs before went genuine, but it was more yeah. genuine, how you doing, etc. Et, et, et um, Because I think maybe at that point, I'm showing them that I'm, well, my, my vulnerable side or my, my human side, as opposed to just focusing on work, constantly talking about work, trying to land a deal, how we, you know, speak to the customers, jokes about work, this is now speaking on the, on the personal level uh, starting to open up a little bit more. So I, th- I think that strengthened some of my, um, well, friendships now, as opposed to work colleagues or people i got on with at work, but then outside of work, didn't really meet with them or didn't really, you know, phone them. Connect. Now yeah. that, that changed, to that, so that dynamic uh, changed, uh, which we, you know, so that was good. And equally with, with um, my managers at the time, more trust. To goodness, because I said I, I had an issue with trusting people. Yeah. Um, there was more trust. Um, maybe they'd earned it because they showed, they showed up for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, basically. Absolutely. So there was trust there. Um, so th- th- that helped. And then the, the bad, would, it wasn't really bad um, because, as I said, I didn't give an you answer. You weren't showing
1: it, yeah.
0: Correct. So I, I didn't really speak to many. So therefore, others would just treat me the same. So the, I would actually say the bad on my part. Or what I feel I could do better was um, I didn't tell enough people because I'm I, I'm coming back with still an expectation, which is weird. So like I know that I've you know I've only spoken to my manager, my mentor, uh, some some you know a few colleagues, mm-hmm. but somehow I'm expecting everyone else to treat me differently, but they, they don't know. I haven't told them that. So sure.
1: that, Why that's, should
0: that's yeah. And I and I, for some silly reason I. I didn't really consider that fact, so ev- everything else carried on as normal. Um, I just looked at my work differently um, and didn't take on distress of expectation at work. Didn't bring it back home. Um, you know, made it, uh, a sincere point to say this is me at work doing my best. Just doesn't define me as a person or doesn't define my character. I will do my best, and if it's you know, unfortunately not good enough for the customer or for for the my manager, then it's for me to learn and get better at my job. But doesn't mean that Tony Necki as a person is a bad person, which somehow I a, I was merging the two.
1: That's a powerful separation because yeah. it affects our self worth. And we then realize, well, we're gonna have good days. We're gonna have bad days, but yeah. you're still Tony and on the path uh, that you're on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So finally, what do you? How well? First of all, how open are you now at work? So we're having a conversation, a sort of separate platform. It's Petra's Open Mental Health Day and all the rest of it. Um, But how open are you now in your current role?
0: Um, It's a good question. I I don't. I don't. I'm open if if um, if I'm asked. If that makes sense. So like uh, we. we, So well, now we have a well-being. And I was recently interviewed about the work I do for my culture harmony network within Oracle, mm-hmm. and spoke uh, also about uh, mental health as well and the importance of that, and shared a little insight, not to the detail I am today, on my own challenges. So I'd speak on it if asked, but I don't openly speak to colleagues on it because, again, to the culture, it's not necessarily we don't really speak on these things. So I, I kind of. Um, I guess it's a stigma I still hold within myself, actually. I, I kind of speak if it's brought up. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, to 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 bring it up, my perception is it dampens the mood. But, which is silly. And I, I say the word silly, I'm being harsh on myself here, and I have a, have a habit of doing that. Because, actually, everybody generally knows someone else who's struggled. Mm-hmm. So, actually, it's, a, it's an eye-opener. But I... I just to, to kind of gauge when being up. So if I'm asked by well-being, Tony would love to get your view on it. I'll speak, and then whoever hears that, if they don't want to speak to me and approach me, then I'm, I'm I'd happily open. But I guess I don't advertently talk. Yes, it.
1: and I think that's a really good point because I guess the the point isn't to make everybody always talking about everything yeah. from their triggers in their past. It's about finding your own balance and boundaries so that yeah. you can be healthy at work, right? So what you now know who to go to or where to go when you're struggling, and it might be someone inside work, but it might be people outside of work but yeah. it's it's you finding your own kind of happy place in balance right yeah. um, and then for some people being more proactive about that might be might be useful um moving if we just do some future gazing for a little second before we close um do you think the world of work is changing um would you like to see like what's your blue sky thinking about the workplace when it comes to the topic of mental health what do you wish um would be there
0: it's a very good question um I do think it 's changing I, th- I think the whole i think I think people are more open to talk, but more importantly more open to listen uh, i think I think that 's big certainly in, in, in my company that I work for now, people are open to listen. Um, there are the forums. Um, you could argue generally there could be more done internally to raise awareness of the forums as opposed mm. to you Know, I'd love to see what the percentages of people who know about, um, you know, like employee assistant programs, either before they announce have issues, yeah, against being told when, when they're they- in
1: crisis, yeah. Yeah. yeah, then it's like, oh, here's this number, but do you know yeah, in it, the it, lead it, up,
0: right? So, because I think everyone goes through mental health every day, yeah. um, and and sometimes it's the it's the little things that cause the the triggers that lead to it, it's not it's not always a a big catalyst event of some sort it's it's the little things that trigger something in the past or trigger something now or trigger something like the person that then spirals and gets worse so even someone just being aware of these numbers to call i think is important but on a general level. Um, but going back to your point, I always thought, you know, and seeing some organisations, for for example, with um, to respect different religious groups within organisations, will have maybe some playrooms or safe space. I think there should also be like a, a safe space for someone to talk within the workplace. I appreciate the dynamics are changing now because not many people are in offices, let's say, because sure. working from home. But I think almost like a um, an on-site. Um, mental health advocate or or, or, or counsellor or, you know, where they can quickly just have a conversation privately with somebody um, in the office.
1: point, like a coach or something. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah,
0: so it would be good or, 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 or even like forums at, at the workplace as well where, you know, you've got diversity groups, one that I chair, but and again, I know, another one where people can just come around and talk about challenges that, that they've had this week or today. Uh, I think we'd be good as well in the workplace so that it, it just creates a culture of an open space. So yeah, check and put a drop in. It could be chaired by that uh, uh, you know, counsellor or mental health advocate or what have you. And they're just sharing, feel good about themselves, and um, connect with other people within the organisation um, where there's connections, which they wouldn't have thought of before because they have to see this person as, oh, you work in that department, I work in that department, but we're going through the same challenges um, outside of work, which are both affecting our what we do at work. So I I think more of that would be would be good across all organisations. And um I think equally when organizations uh have like internal conferences, um something to do around mental health I think would be important as well, whether it's um to volunteer and support charities or whether it's to announce the employee assistant programs. Just just something just again to remind people where all eyes are going to be that this is actually important to us, that we're going to mention it. You know, on, on this particular conference, even if it's a ten-minute segment, so that somebody personally could quickly jot it down. Tell nobody if they don't want to, but then they can make that call and have that conversation. I think would help a lot of people as well.
1: Amazing. So just the awareness, the visibility. Uh, Tony, we're at our time. Uh, thank you so much for for your personal story. More than anything, it's really useful to understand the experience of somebody who is struggling and is coming into the workplace and how that might show up and the responsibility on the individual to talk about it uh, yeah. but equally on on the manager or, or the boss to, to create spaces where where it is possible and I, and I love your your thoughts just around having that mental health check-in point that coach that visibility uh, and hopefully that conversation is changing and as you say more and more companies are becoming open uh, but thank you so much for your story and for being with us on the podcast
0: thank you very much that you have a great day thank you
1: thank you. As always, we've covered a lot of areas that you may feel you want to learn more about. If you would like a free well-being assessment for your company, email us at hello at petravelzabor.com. That's hello at P-E-T-R-A-V-E-L-Z-E-B-O-E-R.com. Or check out our website, petravelzabor.com.